Hurry up and run inside. Lock those doors and turn on the lights. It's another installment of the forever bogus Halloween podcast. Good evening. <coughs> Sorry. Um, hey, hey there, bogus fiends. It's me, B-Boy Spooky Bryce, your best friend from the past that said Halloween salad days will always last. We are in the middle of our forever boogus Halloween season, and we hope that your Halloween season is coming along nice and spooky. The leaves are finally changing and the fall chill is settling in. I don't know about you, but Halloween makes me feel the most nostalgic, even more than Christmas. And we definitely hope you feel the same way because we have a variety show a Halloween variety show lined up for you on the Bogus Cast, jam-packed full of that Halloween nostalgia. First, we run down a list of unusual Halloween specials. Then, we resurrect our Halloween commercial special from the dead. Lastly, we take a closer look-see into an underrated paranormal ghost investigation show that covered a haunted Toys R Us from the 90s. That's right, a haunted Toys R Us. Unusual Halloween specials, eerie Halloween commercials, and a haunted Toys R Us are ahead of us. So, without further ado, let's sink our teeth into some Halloween nostalgia. Every Halloween season, we put together a Halloween-themed playlist that consists of a bunch of TV shows and movies and shorts and commercials that are all Halloween-related. Each year, we try to find something new to add to this list, but it's gotten to the point where we've found almost every single Halloween special that we like, that we remember, and that we truly enjoy. So it was my mission the last couple of years to find Halloween specials that are pretty unusual meaning that they aren't actually Halloween specials, but they are spooky episodes of TV shows or spooky commercials of of some sort that would fit perfectly with their Halloween playlist. So let's turn off the lights and let's get spooky with these four unusual Halloween specials. On the top of our spooky list, we have an episode of Eureka's Castle, entitled, It Came From Beneath the Bed, also known as Nightmare on Miguel Street. Nightmare on Miguel Street. (laughs) Anyway, Eureka is reading a nighttime story to Miguel and the twins to kind of help them put them to sleep because they're having some trouble trying to fall asleep. Out of nowhere, Batley comes flying in, crashing into things, hitting the ground, jumping right up and saying, I meant to do that. He explained to the Eureka crew that he just watched this monster movie called It Came From Beneath the Bed. And just starts to describe this scary movie and how scary the monster was. Well, he ends up freaking out everybody, especially himself. So now the whole crew at the castle is way too scared to sleep as there's a thunderstorm brewing outside. What do they decide to do to to help them survive the night? Sing some songs. Why not? 
Like, for instance, they sing the song called Scary, Scary Monster. The scary, 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 scary monster. It's very catchy. And each one of the characters describes a scary monster and how it looks so disgusting with its green toes and his six ears and stuff. It's it's a lot of fun. And as I said, it's a pretty catchy tune. After they're done singing, Miguel sets a trap to catch a monster. And he believes that there is a monster lurking in the shadows within the castle. After setting the trap on Eureka and a bunch of other people, they actually run in to the real monster. There was a monster in the castle this entire time. And I have to admit, it is terrifying. It's like this huge giant spider that's multicolored. It's got a really goofy kind of smile and fangs. And the, the puppetry seems a little a little cheap, but that kind of helps with the character itself because it's just so terrifying. But Thankfully, they play it off as like, hey, it's not a big deal. This monster is actually kind of cool. And they become best friends. And um, something happens at the end of the episode that I don't want to spoil for you because this episode is on YouTube. So you can go check it out for yourself right now and add it to your Halloween playlist. Creeping up next, we have an episode of Hey Vern, It's Ernest, entitled... Hey Vern, it's scary things. In a nutshell, this episode is about Ernest trying to find and capture the boogeyman. So one night, he is reading a ghost story to himself as there's a storm going on outside. I don't know how that's constantly correlated or that constantly happens at the exact same time or what sparks anybody's interest in reading a scary story while there's a storm going on but whatever it's happening he ends up scaring himself pretty much convinces himself that there is a boogeyman haunting him within his house and throughout the rest of the episode he goes through a variety of ways to find and capture the monster for instance he's setting this trap that has like a net that falls on top of somebody or hopefully the monster he also has like a dummy version of himself so when the monster comes out to catch him he scares it away there's another point where he is set a trap on the window seal that he can't get down and as he's trying to mess with it he's talking to Vern, ends up smashing his hands and uh, a little trivia for you if you're watching that scene and you look in the distance you'll see a delorean that is Ernest's DeLorean in real life. Pretty rat. Anyway, while this whole thing is going on with Ernest trying to capture the monster, the boogeyman that's in his house, the other gang shows and discusses scary things in life, like bad haircuts, uh, dust mites, paranormal hunting. There's this guy who's in charge of a photo booth and stuff, and he's trying to capture a ghost. He's trying to take a picture of this ghost. So he has all these plastic bats hanging around. He turns off the lights, turns on like the Halloween soundtrack, and then he's trying to take all these photos. It's funny. It's funny. It's a good time. And then especially the dentist. Who isn't scared of the dentist? So at the end of the episode, Ernest pretty much convinces himself that this was all his own thinking. He kind of freaked himself out and he kind of came to, to realize that. While he's saying this in the background, a uh, monster starts to emerge and it's the fucking Mothman. It's the fucking Mothman. Out of nowhere, this cryptid shows up and starts screaming at Ernest and Ernest starts screaming back at him like he was afraid. But the Mothman turns around and runs off. As Ernest says, Who was that fellow, Burn? snappy dresser though know what i mean i highly recommend this along with the entire series of hey vernitz ernest 
So add this to your Halloween playlist as well. Up next, we have an episode of Power Rangers Zero entitled, It Came From Angel Grove. So if you're like me and watching Power Rangers around this time, like the late 90s, you were probably way too old to be watching Power Rangers. I definitely kept that closeted that I was still watching Power Rangers because I was still very much into them. And I'll have to say the Power Rangers Zero saga was one of my favorites, especially of like the first six or so. So the Power Rangers Zero is the fourth installment of the Power Rangers saga. And I have to say that this Halloween swish, 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 Halloween special is way better than the first special, mostly because there's no bad Frankenstein's monster makeup and... Um, just really bad dialogue. Like this, this episode really kind of takes the cake because it does it in a way different manner. So this quote unquote Halloween special highlights other universal and hammer characters and themes throughout its episode. So we find Adam staying late at the library as he studies for a test that's coming up the next day in his history class. He decides he's wanted to take a break and he accidentally falls asleep while watching a monster movie called The Bride of Hackensack. I don't know what that's referencing. If you know, please let me know. The Bride of Hackensack. I'm not for sure. I thought it was dirty. So he's woken up by a black cat that leads him to the evil Rita, Repulsa, and Lord Zed. You will recognize both these people from the first three installments of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. What's strange, though, is that this is their first appearance in this season. You may see him a little bit in the first episode, but the Machine Empire takes over Earth, pretty much kicking Rita and Lord Zed off of Earth. So it's kind of weird to see them play a somewhat important part to this episode. And it's their first appearance. I'm not for sure what's going on. But anyway, they explain to Adam that the Machine Empire, which are the new villains of this saga, has taken over the planet and brainwashed all of the Power Rangers. So to save the world, he has to collect a cape of a vampire, the hair of a werewolf, the wrapping of a mummy, and an eye of a cat to pretty much convince the sorcerer to change the world back and to defeat the machine empire at least this one time. Very weird concept, but you see where this is leading to. It's definitely a dream sequence, so pretty much anything can happen during a dream sequence. I will have to say, the episode really kicks off after this. He has this very fun adventure as he runs into Tommy as a, as a vampire and Billy as Frankenstein, turning pretty much like a bride of Frankenstein to life. It is amazing. A lot of it is in black and white, so it has that universal feel to it. And they really do some of the monsters justice while having a lot of fun by going like all hamming it up. They're super campy. Things get a little wacky. I think they were kind of just letting the actors have fun with this one. I think they were a little loose, and it really shows, and it's excellent. I love it. Overall, it's just so much fun. But it ends up, as you expect, that this is just a story-led dream sequence. Once he wakes up, everything's totally fine, and that's pretty much the end of it. Don't mean to ruin the end of it. It's not a huge spoiler. You saw it coming. But I will say that this is a pretty interesting episode because this is one of the only episodes of this entire season that does not use a lot of the Super Sentai footage. You really only see it at the end where they had to battle the big monster. That's it. 
That's pretty impressive that they're using all their original concepts and original footage, because this was kind of unheard of, uh, even up to this point of the, the fourth installment of the Power Rangers. So I love this episode. I really think that you'll enjoy it too, especially if you love Hammer and Universal Monster movies, because this one, I think, does, does that thing justice. So you definitely have to add this unusual Halloween special to your playlist. Okay, so the last one on our list is an episode of Family Matters entitled Dark and Stormy Night. So as all the kids prepare to go trick-or-treating, a storm settles in. Man, I really think there's a thing going on in all these episodes. All the kids are super bummed out that they can't go trick-or-treating, and the power goes out out of nowhere. Like, add an insult to injury. Come on now. They all get bored and they're all bummed out. So they decide to play past the story. And I'm sure you're familiar with this game where somebody will start a story and then they'll pause and let the next person continue on with the story. And they decide they want to put, you know, a kind of a Halloween twist to it by playing the ghost story. And this ghost story is set in the late 19th century, where the Duke of Urkel battles against the evil vampire family, the Von Weekles, or Weekles. <laughs> as you expect, this story really plays out just like the Universal Dracula movie, but as you expect, it's super campy because Steve Urkel is playing the hero in this. There's a lot of fun parts and a lot of out-of-character moments for all these actors and stuff, it's just kind of like the Power Rangers episode that really felt like they were able to kind of do what they wanted to do. Not necessarily improv, but kind of just go all, all out and be hammy about it and be campy about it. And that really plays through this episode because it's not super scary to the point where you can't show it to like a child. It has its moments where it's a little spooky, but overall, it's just like a fun little adventure and there's a lot of funny moments to it. I honestly do not want to ruin this episode because I believe it should already be in your Halloween playlist. And if not, that's totally okay because you can find it on YouTube. So what are you waiting for? Okay, there, Ghost and Ghouls. That was four unusual Halloween specials to add to your Halloween playlist this season. As I mentioned before, all of these specials can be found on YouTube or Vimeo. While you're at it, give us a follow on Instagram, because throughout this season, we're going to be posting a lot more unusual Halloween specials. Check it out. If you dare. <laughs> Hi, I'm Louie. And I'm Dave. Do you love Halloween? Do you like hearing about it year-round? Then check out our Haunted Hangover podcast, available on all streaming platforms. We cover everything from nostalgic memories to your favorite Halloween specials. Hey Dave, what's the best cure for a hangover? More booze. Hey there, bogus fiends! You're just in time for the resurrection of a Halloween commercials. Now it's time to get real spooky and nostalgic with the Bogus Boys. 
you know what, guys? Shit happens. Yeah. <laughs> Shit happens. <laughs> nice bumper sticker. <laughs> so why are we gathered here today? We're gathered here to talk about what? Oh, well, we're Halloween. here to talk about Halloween. Halloween. You beat me to it. You beat me to it. But it's okay. <laughs> it's, a t- it's ultimately a team effort. Fair enough. <laughs> Halloween, my friend. Yes, we're here to talk about Halloween commercials from our youth. Hell yes. That's Always. right. Always. <laughs> this is actually what the, the rest of the podcast season is going to be about. Yeah. Every single episode is going to be about at least 12, <laughs> 12 commercials. Halloween commercials. This is what my life is about now. When the podcast stops, I'm still going to be talking about <laughs> Halloween commercials from the 90s. And I'm going to be just like Always trying to ready. talk to strangers on the bus about it. And I'll be all all tweaking out and stuff like that. Is that guy right. that always talks to people M&Ms. about Eminem commercials? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just need them, man. I just need them. I've seen every single one of them. And then there's two Eminems, man. And they say he does exist. Exist. Oh god! <laughs> oh no! Yeah, he's crossing over. Don't talk to that old guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, this train is derailing. Let's go ahead and jump back on that. <laughs> Let's do it. And I think we should let Jamie go first. Hell yeah, what man. What do you think, Eli? Yep, yep. Go ahead, man. You <laughs> yes. got it. You got the spotlight. <laughs> you take the floor. Go ahead. Your first pick. That was so nice of you guys. I really appreciate it. That's Southern hospitality, if I've ever. <laughs> heard of it we're in the midwest midwest okay. hospitality you know i haven't looked in a map since like fourth grade so fair enough um anyway my first pick is the pizza hut halloween goosebumps promotion from 1997 the thing about this commercial is that it features Pizza Head. Do you guys remember Pizza Head? I too remember Pizza Head yes. very well. <laughs> so, so all the commercials for Pizza Hut for this period of time were branded as "It's the Pizza Head Show," and every one was like yep. a short episode of Pizza Head. I find Pizza Head to be a really nostalgic thing for a lot of people, and it's also something that whenever I show it to somebody, they go, "Oh shit, I forgot!" Like it gives them that, takes them back, and they forgot. It's way easily forgotten, easily about. missed. It's it's funny because he's even more nostalgic to me than like Mr. Bill, and that's obviously. Oh, I agree. <laughs> what well, I'm glad that you brought that up. There is a connection there, which I'll you'll you'll find out about in a little bit. Ooh, but okay, you know, as a kid who was upset, like man, I spent. I was thinking about my childhood, and I was like, man, I. What did I do when I was a kid? I don't have a lot of evidence of it besides photos and stuff. Like I spent, yeah. I spent whole summers making stick sticklies, and I spent summers <laughs> making bil- little Bill, uh, Mister Bills, and running them over with my bicycle and stuff like that. I really did. Oh, yeah. Nice. So I took, I took immediately to Pizza Head, of course, and his commercials and stuff like that. And I was really obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, this one in specific because you take a great character that you love who's made out of pizza, and you give him a Halloween twist. And you're talking A plus for me yeah. from the get go. Sold, sold hard. Okay, so yes. this one is is specifically it came out in '97, which was the tail end of the Pizza Head run. Um, so this was oh. yeah. So he is. I didn't know that. Yeah, the okay. the last the last Pizza Head commercial Pizza Head show commercial aired in '97. It wasn't this one, but it's safe to say that this one was kind of his swan song. If yes. you will, in a lot yes, of ways. Yes, I agree. Um, it, I, I also love the connection with Goosebumps. Like, that just yeah. sells it even yeah, more. Yeah, it, it, what a way to go out with Goosebumps. Oh, and yeah. yes. I'm, gra- I'm glad that you brought up Mr. Bill because, like I said, I was obsessed with Mr. Bill. There's a reason why it's not just because he's an inspiration. It's actually directed by Walter Williams, who created Mr. Bill. Oh, so, okay. Uh, I see the resemblance. This, yes, okay. This ad agency in San Francisco, you know, Pizza Hut was working for them and looking for a way to bring in kids and teach them that Pizza Hut is a cool and wacky place. So they so they reached out to uh, Mr. Bill creator Walter Williams and they created Pizza Head. 
Nice. So bringing his flavor to the ad agency. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Now, this one, though, it was a, a spooky one. It was a creepy one. The season was upon us. We had mouths mm-hmm. full of candy corn at any random given time, <laughs> right? Yes, um, yes. So the, se- the audio was produced by Earwax Studios. Now, Earwax Studios okay. produced the audio for such films as Bram Stoker's Dracula, oh. to name one. And I say to name one because it's the only one I wrote down. But they did. <laughs> Still, though. They did. So, Man, so it has some good tie-in. That's so they went all out. Me working in advertising, thinking about what that costs for a commercial. Like, that's yeah. got to be, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Damn. They they got they got Earwax Studios of Bram Stoker's Dracula fame to lay down this spooky thing. I mean, it comes in, it comes in hot. So mm-hmm. you got Pizza Head driving down this creepy road, okay? And Scarecrow mm-hmm. Steve, who was Steve, was a reoccurring character in the Pizza Head show commercials, yes. and he yep, was a, yep. he he was the pizza cutter, and he was always sort of the one who was leading to Pizza Head's demise. But in this <laughs> in this one, he's dressed as a scarecrow, mm-hmm. okay, and he points him down an erection down this creepy road, and Mr. Uh, I almost said Mr. Bill Pizza Head is <laughs> okay. he's not super sure of it. He's like, I don't know if that's the right way, blah blah blah. You know, of course it's the wrong way. He gets swatted by a black cat. You know, we've got thunder crashing. We've got organ sounds and shit yes pizza head lands into this graveyard and and there's a perfectly shaped tombstone like a pizza he lands right (laughs) on top of it when all these uh anthropomorphized um which i hope is a word uh yes (laughs) pizza cutters start coming out from the grave in their ghost form however these pizza cutters are designed and outfitted to look just like our favorite characters from all of our favorite Goosebumps stories. Oh, perfect. So good. Uh, so good. At this point, Pizza Head is looking for a place to hide, and mm-hmm. he uh, looks, and conveniently, there's a Pizza Hut in the cemetery, which is fucking beautiful, by the way. Um, <laughs> so he runs off, and he gets into the, uh, the, the, the uh, Pizza Hut in the cemetery, uh, and w- at which point other Goosebumps characters are waiting inside and it's implied that they cannibalize him, that they eat him. But, uh, of course, before the pizza cutters could eat our great friend Pizza Head, uh, for some reason the Pizza Hut in the cemetery is struck by lightning and explodes and uh, you're given the cross cell of all the great um, Goosebumps glow-in-the-dark story cards that are available from Pizza yes. Hut that year. Yeah. That was 1997. Perfect. That was the swan song of Pizza Head himself, directed agreed, by agreed. Walter Williams. Yeah, perfect way to kick off this list, because that commercial in particular makes me feel nostalgic. Every, it doesn't have to be yeah. Halloween or around the season. It makes me, it makes me feel very nostalgic. Agreed. I, I think Pizza Head makes people feel that way. You know, always and every time. Literally, just last night, I was showing some people the commercials that I was going to be talking about, and and I showed them the Pizza Head one, and they're like, "Oh my god, I forgot about that!" As soon as you yes. even yeah. hear the narrator's voice, yeah, you're just like, yeah. Oh, yeah, shit, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Instant um, nostalgia. Nostalgia. <laughs> nostalgia is a is a fine Italian dish made out of uh, Yu-Gi-Oh cards or something like that. Nostalgia. That's right. Yeah. Nostalgia. It's the Pizza Head Show. Hey everybody, I'm on my way to Pizza Hut to get a Goosebumps Kids Pack. Yay! Almost there. This isn't the right way. Well, Scarecrow Steve says it is. He's no Scarecrow. Sure he is. Uh-oh, I think I woke the neighbors. Look, Pizza Head, you'll be perfectly safe in there. Uh, okay. Relax, the Goosebumps guys just want you for dinner. See you in the next hey. lifetime. Now you can collect one of three ghoulish Goosebumps glow-and-tell story cards. All right, Eli, go ahead and kick us off. With your first pick. Alright, man. So, my first pick is... 
Burger King Universal Monsters from 1997. That's a big one. I guarantee anybody would remember these, especially the toys, maybe yes, not the commercials. Abs- but, yep, yep. So toys uh, are so good. Yes, this this commercial um, in specific starts out with a mom. Uh, there's a ring at a doorbell, and the kids and the mom come up. The mom answers. It's a horrifying old woman babysitting these kids. Uh, the kids start to freak out. Their hair stands on end. And then uh, in comes Vit Kid. He, he comes in, uh, clicks his little remote, and uh, transports the kids over to Burger King. They're in a good place now. They got burgers. They high-five. <laughs> and then that's kind of the end of that storyline. Then it goes to Halloween night where the kids are dressed up. Uh, they're coming up to trick or treat at this door. They ring the doorbell, and Dracula answers the door. What? He's actually he's actually turns out to be a nice dude. And then they start to bring in the shots of the toys. Um, oh yes, the toys. Which we have yes, the toys. The toys, which starts with the Dracula coming out of his coffin. Um, we have Frankenstein on the uh, table. The oh, and, table. and it glows up. Yes, it yes. glows. Yes, glows his, he has like trans, uh, translucent uh, head and hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have the Wolfman coming out of like a makeshift coffin, and the creature from the Black Lagoon, which is arguably my favorite one, with uh, <laughs> was was like neon see through green the entire. Why was it your favorite? Just because of the make of the toy, like it was okay. translucent. It was almost like glowing green i loved it he also had a he also had a little button on his stomach and you could fill him with water and you're yep. pressing the little button on his abdomen he would, he would spit a little bit of water which yeah. i don't remember in the film but but fair enough fine yeah, yeah, yeah right. no. but yeah that's uh that's about the end of the commercial comes in with the uh big Burger king kids club card um and that's it you're left to uh salivate over these toys from burger king yes but because these toys hold such nostalgia for me and they were definitely, when I think in the realm of even outside Halloween, like some of the best uh, fast food toys that were produced in my memory. Uh, these ones specifically, uh, the fact that these this commercial was like the introduction to that, the heads up for me to go get those, that's why I love this one so much. Yeah. You know, sometimes you go to uh, a fast food restaurant and you've got these toys that are familiar characters or of, of popular IPs or something, but they're pre-shaped and you can't get them out of this specific position. And y'all, yes. sometimes a line of fast food toys bangs so hard. Oh, yeah. Man, that <laughs> toy line banged hard. Oh, I still have yes. them all. Um, they are a seasonal decoration. They come out every year. They sit right in front of the TV. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. Good <laughs> they, choice. They were just so well made, man. There's multiple uh, points of articulation of why these characters are so awesome. I just, yes. they're, they're just as good as the reaction figures that are being produced now. Like, they were smooth mm-hmm. plastic. I mean, it was, oh, they're so good. I would argue that they're a little better than the reaction figure versions that are currently coming out. And they're scaled perfectly. Uh, mm-hmm. To be villains for your li- for your GI Joes, um, and <laughs> never tried that out. And that's hey, precisely okay. what happened. Yeah. Kids, come meet your new sitter. <laughs> Looks like a good time to check out Burger King. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
costume. I'm so scared. <sighs> Universal Studios monsters are on the loose. You can get one toy and glow in the dark sticker inside every kids club meal at Burger King. Wow, really nice costume. Burger King Kids Club. Great food, cool stuff, kids only. Yeah, so uh, that's my first pick. What do you got on the list for us, Bryce? Okay. I don't know if you're all ready for this one. I don't know. This was a deep cut. This was a deep cut, and it's it's one of those that like even I don't remember. But watching it now still makes me feel nostalgic. Yeah, I don't know. There are things that work that way. There's things that work that way. Definitely. I know. Okay. (laughs) All right. My first pick is Shasta Orange Soda commercial featuring Frankenstein. Who loves orange soda? <laughs> Frankenstein loves orange soda. Is it true? Actually, Igor likes <laughs> orange soda, and I will explain that here in a moment. Is Shasta's anyone's favorite soda? Can I just? Add, I don't is that, love I, mean, it that I do much? like there's their tropical fruit is the best. It, it, it's sort of like their whole their whole business thing is like it's like Sprite but a little bit worse, right? I mean that's kind of their yeah their whole game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, All it's right, not cool. the greatest thing, but it's it's good. I disagree. Fair enough. I, you know what? I happen to know that this commercial bangs hard, so it makes up for the fact that the soda. You there know, we go. But, but, yeah. Exactly. So we open up on a dark, stormy night, and we are moving closer into Frankenstein's castle, where we see his monster being woken up, and Doctor Frankenstein is telling Fra- the Frankenstein monster to go get him what he loves. <laughs> so Frankenstein has to think about it for a second, and then you see him walk out the door and walk into this grocery store. Doesn't use the door, just goes straight through the glass. Why not? <laughs> and uh, the clerk waves to him as he comes in, and he starts walking out uh, or walking towards the cashier with fistful of Shasta, and he pays for it, <laughs> and then walks does. straight out and goes straight <laughs> back to the castle because Doctor Frankenstein loves not only Shasta but. Orange soda, Shasta, to be specific. Oh, thank does. God, because I thought he was going to say he loves squeezing the neck on little girls until they stop talking. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh. That's, that's second on the list. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Thank we God don't hear about that scared. one. That happens later. I got scared for a moment. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> now, that commercial so, bangs hard. Bangs hard. It does. It does. And it feels pretty dated because it was from 1971. And uh, one thing that bothers me the most is not the quality. It's the how they called the Frankenstein monster, Igor. Oh, did they? That's Gross. Gross. Hold on, hold on. There's more. Not not only did Dr. Frankenstein himself call him Igor, but the <sighs> clerk in the, the supermarket calls him Igor as well. So that just makes me so upset. That's like, I would prefer him to be called Frankenstein over Igor. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's the be better misconception. Like, that's like <laughs> yeah. just research undone completely. Like, Exactly. That's a crime. Exactly. That's a crime. So I don't. I don't know if it was the guy who played as Doctor Frankenstein, which was Regis Cordic, which you may not ring a bell because he does a lot of like additional voices and uh, acting, like additional acting, and okay. a bunch of films and TV shows from the seventies leading up until the nineties. Some to be noted is uh, Transformers, The Smurfs, and my favorite. The Pirates of Black Water. Oh, the Pirates. That's a good yes, one. That's a deep cut. Yeah. Nobody yeah, talks about the good. Pirates. That's a good one. I agree. Yeah. I agree. So it was just odd. It's an odd commercial, but like it was shot so well. And it, it's something back in the day. They took their time and they actually put in a lot of work and 
and getting their shots right, and it makes it feel organic. And that's what stands out the most, I think, for me, is just that quality. Yeah, of it. definitely. Like it's a, like they were making a short film, you know? Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. When you handle a commercial like that, especially from the view of advertising, like people will notice. Like that's the kind of work you put into like Super Bowl commercials and stuff. But if you yes. do it for any or any like well-made commercial, it's going to stand out. Mm. Agreed. Agreed. But that's pretty much all I have to say about that. Definitely go and check it out if you haven't yet. And it's going to be added to my, my mixtapes because it's just, it's beautiful. Hey, what, was nice. the, what was the voice actor's name again? Or, or what was his Regis name? Regis Cordick. Oh, Cordic? yeah, yeah. Okay. Regis Cordick. Regis Cordick. Regis Philbin. Yep. I knew that rang some sort of <laughs> shitty bell. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> hey, girl. Go and get me what I crave. Evening, Igor. If you want a better orange soda, made with more natural orange flavor than ever before, try Shasta. It's got the bright color, the sweet smell, and the great taste of oranges. Shasta, it's the orange soda that can make anybody happy. Everybody, it's me, Kenny Gigi Allen. I don't have a whole lot of time here, so I'm not here to talk about my own podcast, the uh, Kenny Gigi Allen's Heavy Metal Happy Hour Podcast Extravaganza, because we already know that you're already tuning in and you're loving the podcast. No, I'm here to inform you about this magical website called BoomHowdy.com. This is your one-stop shop for all the things nerdy. They have everything from film, TV, uh, toys, games. They even review current movies. They are usually the first on the scene to let you know about all the cool trailers that are dropping for all the movies that you want to see that are coming up. They also have a bunch of rad podcasts like the one that you're listening to right now. So go ahead and drop everything what you're doing. I mean, right now, dude. I see that you're listening to it. Just, just drop it and jump to boomhowdy.com. That's like boomhowdy.com. Okay. Mega Dad. Thanks for sticking around there, bogus fiends. As promised at the top of the show, we are about to jump into a discussion of a haunted Toys R Us in Sunnyvale, California. That's right, a Toys R Us that is experiencing a poltergeist of sorts. When you find yourself flipping through the channels on the boob tube, you will notice that every single network has at least one television show that is paranormal affiliated. When you jump onto Travel Channel Network, you will notice that almost every single show that is currently playing on their network has something dealing with the paranormal world. This is actually not a new trend. Even though everyone is obsessed with the paranormal world right now, this is not a new trend. These paranormal TV shows actually date back to the late 50s, and I feel that they gained a lot of popularity in the 80s and 90s with shows such as Unsolved Mysteries, Arthur C. Clarke's World of Strange Powers, Ancient Mysteries, Ghost Hunters, 
haunted history, a haunting. Man, I remember staying up super late to watch a haunting on the sci-fi channel back in the day. And honestly, that was probably the worst idea for my young brain back in the day. But it really sparked my interest in the paranormal world and wanting to know more and potentially experiencing something paranormal in my life. I'm not saying ghosts do not exist, and I'm not saying that I don't believe in ghosts, but I'm from the show-me state. I need something to happen to me physically to really start believing in the in ghosts. But I definitely have a fascination for the paranormal world. Over the summer, I really wanted to feel nostalgic. But unfortunately, with the pandemic, I wasn't able to go to the, the local watering holes I used to go to, uh, to swim in the pools. I wasn't able to go to any amusement parks or go to malls that I used to visit back when I was younger. So I decided I wanted to do something that I used to do when I was a teenager. And that was staying inside on the hottest days, cranking up the AC to full blast, changing the TV to the sci-fi channel in the afternoon to catch some of these ghost shows, some of these paranormal shows to kind of get myself spooked a little bit. Because like I I said, the paranormal world really fascinated me. And in doing so, I did a very deep dive and researching all these haunted ghost shows from the 90s and early 2000s. A lot of them I definitely remembered, but there was one show in particular that I remember watching with my family late one night, and it had to have been like early 90s, but I just could not figure out the name of it. And uh, one day I was talking to our co-host that knows the most, my best man, my best friend, Jamie Kilsby, about this exact topic. And uh, first of all, it's actually pretty funny that he used to do the exact same thing during the summer when he was a teenager, when neither one of us had a job. He loved staying inside and watching the sci-fi channel and all these ghost shows. I explained to him that like, hey man, there was this one TV show, I'm pretty sure it was from the like, you know, the early 90s. It was definitely not Unsolved Mysteries, but it felt the same way. And I just could not figure out the name of it. I kind of explained what I remembered from an episode, and he sent me a, a few titles of uh, some shows that he remembered. And lo and behold, there was one that was the exact show I was looking for. That show was titled... Haunted Lives, True Ghost Stories from 1991. Haunted Lives was a TV show from 1991 that focused on a collection of true ghost stories that was hosted by none other than Leonard Nimoy. (laughs) Crazy. What's crazier than that is that Almost every single episode was directed by Toby Hooper. Now, I cannot believe this at all. And come to find out, he actually did direct these episodes of Haunted Lives. And this was 1991, so this was like soon after the Poltergeist um, success. And so this was like a perfect transition into making television shows, or at least directing some television shows. So every episode focused on three stories um, where they had actors that would depict the real-life 
paranormal events that uh, these people experienced. And then the actual people who experienced this would be interviewed throughout the show. So it definitely had that Unsolved Mysteries feel to it, but it had a more paranormal twist to it. So doing a little bit more research on Haunted Lives, or the little bit that is out there on the internet, the show was actually roughly based on a popular book series, a kid's book series, uh, called Haunted Kids True Ghost Stories. This is something that I definitely would have picked up in my library if I was aware of, or even if I came across it. Now, like I said before, a lot of people may not remember this TV show because it only lasted three episodes. Nine stories, and then it was canceled. And as mentioned before, there's not a whole lot about this show on the internet, so I could not find out the reason why it was canceled or wasn't picked up for more episodes. However, the first episode covered three ghost stories. One was called The Legend of Kate Morgan. Another was called School Spirit. And the last one, which we're going to talk about for the remainder of this episode, was called Ghosts Are Us. The year was 1982, and the place was Sunnyvale, California. And in this town, there sits a toy store called Toys R Us that was presumably haunted by a poltergeist. And this poltergeist was active all the way up until they shut their doors in 2018. The show explained that the store went through six different managers within one year. That is outrageous. At certain times throughout the day, employees witness toys disappearing or moving on their own. Some employees had to stay late to stock the shelves and actually quit the same night because they experienced many different toys flying off the shelves, the lights flickering on and off, disembodied voices calling out their names, and an actual apparition of a man walking the aisles. Can you imagine that? Stocking up all the brand new TMNT figures and hearing, Bryce, Bryce, I would be out of there. I may have taken a couple figures, but I would be out of there. I would never return to that place ever again. And it, It got to the point where even customers were complaining about a smell in the bathroom, and it wasn't just shit. And while they were in the bathroom, they witnessed the water faucets turning on and off by themselves and seeing things move around while they were trying to shop in the store. Needless to say, the rumor got around that the store was haunted, and they began to start losing business because of this reason. A lot of employees decided that they couldn't handle it anymore and quit sometimes on the spot after they witnessed something. Other employees that stayed longer decided to do some research, and they found out that a gruesome accident happened on the land where the Toys R Us store was built. In desperation to save the store, the store owner hired a psychic to come out and do an investigation in hopes to rid the ghost entirely. One night, the psychic came out to the store to do an investigation to figure out more about the, the poltergeist and to see what she can do to help guide the, the ghost to the light. She soon found out that the store was haunted by Yanni Janssen. <laughs> what a name. That night, the psychic brought many of her investigative friends, and some of them actually had different cameras that could take photographs of different light spectrums. Even though this show was totally outlandish and the reenactments were pretty bogus in the worst sense possible, 
But this is where the TV show actually kind of picked up for me and got interesting. So during that night, the psychic was not only able to communicate with the ghost of Yanni, but she was able to take some very convincing photos of the poltergeist. Do yourself a favor. If you're interested at all in this story or interested in the paranormal world itself, go into Google Images, type in the ghost photos of the Sunnyvale, California Toys R Us, and just scroll through the three photos that they took. You'll see that down an aisle, there's a huge bright light. And within that light, you'll see a silhouette of a man standing there walking towards the camera. And they actually go into further detail about their experience that night during the show. It's unfortunately a reenactment because they didn't have any cameras to bring in during the actual investigation. But I think the reenactment does the experience justice. There was a a group of employees there, uh, as well as the investigators. And the psychic was like, I'm picking up on Yanni, this man Yanni. And he's explained to me that he's looking for Elizabeth. And come to find out, Elizabeth was um, his love interest. But unfortunately, Elizabeth was not interested in Yanni. And actually was getting married the, the same day that this gruesome accident happened that resulted in uh, Yanni's death. And apparently, Yanni was cutting wood with his very sharp axe when he found out that Elizabeth was marrying another man that same day. And in a blind rage, I think he accidentally cut himself so badly that he pretty much killed himself. At least that's what Yanni's ghost was saying to the psychic, I'm not 100% sure how well she translated that story, but that's what the story that everyone was sticking to, at least the, the people who came out that night to witness this investigation. But the people who were there that were employees witnessing this whole investigation explained that they did not see anything down the aisle. They didn't feel anything. They didn't experience anything. But when the photos got developed and they looked at the photos, they were dumbfounded. They could not believe that they had caught something like this on camera. So thankfully, the psychic was able to convince Yanni that he was dead and that Elizabeth had moved on and Yanni should move on himself. This must have worked because the haunting seemed to have slowed down. But unfortunately, it never stopped. As many employees experienced some sort of paranormal activity until they officially closed their doors in 2018. Now, this was a huge deal for this area because this was a shared experience not only among the employees, but the customers as well. And it actually had a really big impact on the area itself. Uh, This area started gaining a lot of popularity with those who are interested in the unknown, the, the paranormal world, because a lot of different people who investigate uh, paranormal events started coming out to the store. Not only that, local news stations started to produce multiple stories on the paranormal event itself. I love that we live in an age where people can actually preserve news clippings or news stories such as this and put them on YouTube. And in fact, I was able to find one of the news stories on YouTube itself. There is a little excerpt that I took from this news story that I think will definitely help wrap up this segment. Let's listen to that right now. Weeks ago, we did a ghost story that really got to us. So we decided to look into it further. This seemingly normal toy store is a popular place for local kids. There are those who claim that it's a favorite haunt 
of a very playful ghost. It's at night, after closing time, when the toy store becomes most haunted. Could a ghost be lurking here, in this irresistible playground? <laughs> a psychic named Sylvia Brown believes she made contact with the ghost. As he walked down the hall towards me, he kept saying, uh, have mercy on me, Beth. Uh, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. There were a lot of professional camera people here, and they actually caught the uh, person on film. And this was in the presence of, oh, maybe 15, 16 people that knew that there was no one walking down that aisle at that particular time. So it was validated not only by the camera people, but by the uh, people that were there. Now, you heard the photographer say he couldn't explain the pictures, but this ghost story is one to think about. Regardless if you believe that this Toys R Us is haunted or not, this story is very fascinating. Not only that, but some very compelling evidence was captured during the paranormal investigation. Revisiting Haunted Life's True Ghost Stories from 1991 really touched me in a way. It gave me a nostalgia blast that I needed, especially for the Halloween season. So if you find yourself in a place wanting to feel some of that Halloween nostalgia, I highly recommend checking out Haunted Lies True Ghost Stories. Thankfully, you can watch all three episodes in their entirety on YouTube. And afterwards, hit us up and let us know if you remember this show or not. Overall, we hope we sparked some interest in revisiting some of these ghost and paranormal affiliated TV shows from your childhood. But most of all, we hope we sparked some of that Halloween nostalgia. Thanks for spending this night with us, Bogus Fiends. Tune in next week for a spooky new episode of the Forever Boogus Halloween Podcast. The Bogus Boys celebrate their second favorite holiday, to be ween. Until then, stay spooky, my friends. <laughs>